In today's episode, we will continue with the third installment on the recognition of foster care and teen pregnancy prevention awareness in America and how the dynamics of each affect abused children. and many blessings, family. This is Elegant Granny, your creator and host of the Proactive Eye podcast. Last week's episode was about how foster care affect abused children we want to protect in our nation. This week's focus is how teenage pregnancy prevention affect them. I have a disclaimer. I have never experienced living in a foster home, nor ever been a pregnant teen but I do know what it was like being an abused child. Fortunately for me, I come from an exceptionally large family and my mother's relatives supported her raising my two sisters and I, so we never had to be separated or not feel we were never loved because everyone did something to make us feel wanted and special. Now I have worked with many who have lived in foster homes or were pregnant as teens. It has always been a joy not only experiencing them in a teaching capacity, but also as godchildren, some of them becoming my family members through verbal adoption. And in the black and brown community, we know that family extension gets larger and larger and larger by the day. And I always have ties with adults as friends who lived as foster children growing up, including my ex-husband. I am also proud of the fact that I was instrumental in keeping children in their homes with their parents and helping them manage behavior so the home could be a place of peace and not chaos. This is how I gained so many godchildren who still call me granny to this day. I love how now the tables are turned and they now make sure I'm okay as when I did when they needed the same. According to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health, In 2013, birth rates reached a 40-year low with a rate of 26.6 births per 1,000 for females ages 15 through 19. By year 2019, that number has lowered to 18.8 births per 1,000 females ages 15 through 19, according to America's Health Rankings by the United Health Foundation. The reason these numbers matter are substantial health, social, and economic costs that are associated with teen pregnancy and childbearing. Childbearing teenagers are more likely to experience maternal illness, miscarriage, stillbirth, and neonatal death. Teen mothers are significantly more likely to drop out of high school and face unemployment. Children born to teen mothers are more likely to have worse educational, behavior, and health outcomes than children born to older parents. Further, the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy estimates that teen pregnancy and childbirth cost the United States taxpayers about $9.4 billion in increased health care, child welfare, and incarceration costs among children of teen parents in 2010. Additionally, 
Teen childbearing causes a significant loss of tax revenue because of lower educational attainment and income among teen mothers. Populations disproportionately affected by high rates of teenage pregnancy include teens in child welfare systems. Teen females living in foster care are more than twice as likely to become pregnant compared with those not in foster care. Racial and ethnic minorities. Teen birth rates among American Indian, Alaska Native, Hispanic, Black and Native Hawaiian or other Pacific Islander females ages 15 through 19 are more than two times higher than the rate for non-Hispanic whites. Others affected are teens from low-income families and also teens from families with low educational attainment. So now let's go into some of the things that were found to have worked. Effective teenage pregnancy prevention strategies include delaying or reducing sexual activity. Evidence suggests that recent declines in teen birth rates may be due to more teens abstaining from sexual activity. Use of birth control or contraceptives. For teens who have sex, nearly 86% used birth control the last time they had sex. Use of long-acting reversible contraceptives known as LARC. LARC, such as implants and intrauterine devices known as IUDs, are more effective at preventing pregnancy compared with the more commonly known and used male condoms and birth control pills, according to the rankings I found on the United Health Foundation website. Colorado has the highest percentage of teens ages 15 through 19 using LARC or long-acting reversible contraceptives. Colorado's Family Planning Initiative, a $23 million program to increase the use of LARC to prevent unwanted pregnancies over a seven-year period, was initiated in 2009 and since then has reduced the teen birth rate by 5% from 2009 to 2012. Other measures are contraceptive counseling at adolescent well visits. Since contraceptive use has been effective in reducing the teen birth rate, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists have a new recommendation that physicians routinely address adolescent contraceptive needs, expectations, and concerns regardless of a patient's age or previous sexual activity. And finally, federal and state policies supporting, one, access to family planning services is linked to lower teen pregnancy and restricted access is linked to higher rates. Data also indicate that the drop in the teen birth rate is not a result of increased reliance on abortion. In fact, teen abortion rates have been declining. And second, comprehensive sex education in schools has been proven effective at delaying first intercourse and increasing the use of contraception among sexually active youth, whereas abstinence-only sex education is linked to higher teen birth rates. Moreover, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is focusing on teen pregnancy prevention efforts in minority communities facing the most significant health disparities. 
These are just a few findings from resources I'll leave links for in the show notes and also on the Proactive Eye blog. I purposely only mention a few with provided links, so you may educate yourselves and your community on what's happening with our children in America by doing your own research. It is my intent that this information, as well as the links, are a great help to you, your loved ones, and your community. Hopefully, I have said something in this brief episode to help you be mindful of some things we are facing with our children in America and also with our adults who were harmed as children. To all who share in helping our children and adults who suffer this travesty as children heal from these nasty wounds, thank you ever so much. I really appreciate you. You are a great asset in this world, and it is especially important after a life of any form of abuse to see a physician and a mental health specialist to help you excel as you recover. Let us know in the voice message on the Anchor app or by email at proactiveeye at gmail.com some things you do to help you recover. We would love to hear your story and get your perspective on why those things are valuable to you. It has been a pleasure sharing with you today. All links to connect with us and free resources are in the show notes. Feel free to download episodes and take advantage of the free resources provided. You can visit our blog at bit.ly forward slash PE podcast blog. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash P-E podcast blog. You can also connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is at Proactive Eye. And on Facebook, the handle is at Proactive Eye Podcast. This has been your host, Elegant Granny. Thank you for your support and visit us again. And remember, healing is a continuous process, not a one-shot deal. Much love, peace, light, and healing vibes, family. Stay tuned next week for part four as I disclose how I understood life as an abused teen and who and what impacted me so well that I refrained from being a teen mom. <laughs>